0: That's a growler.
1: Hey, 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 how's it going? This is John. And welcome to another episode of Popcorn and Pickles. Today we're going to be talking about our recent family vacation to Disney World.
0: Yes, it was uh, exciting and somewhat stressful, but we'll get into that a little bit later. So to start off with, I will kind of give a brief overview of what we did, who all went, and uh, what our game plan was for this trip. So we decided to take all six kids to Disney. It's a hard decision to figure out when to go to Disney. Some people think that you need to wait until there's a certain age. And we kind of had that thought as well. The problem is with our age range between the children that we have with the bigs being so much older than the littles, there really was no one perfect time when everyone was going to be you know, tall enough to write everything, but still not so old that they're not going to enjoy the magic of Disney. And so we just decided that this year was going to be it. We'd go ahead and go to Disney. We'd have to obviously take the little ones again at some future point in time so they could enjoy the experience more and being able to ride things that they can't ride right now. But we decided now is a good time. Um, our oldest is 15. And so we didn't want him to get too much older. And so this was it. We decided to go. We invited uh, John's parents and they were able to come out as well as my mom and stepdad were able to come. So all together, there was 12 of us in our party. And then uh, we have six kids. Joseph is the oldest. He's currently 15. David is next, coming in at 13. Emery is uh, three years behind him, 10 years old. And then uh, John and I have three children together, which starts with Oscar. He's four. Anna is two and a half. I throw the half in there because the drama seems to start at two and a half for two-year-olds. And then Rodrigo was lucky enough to celebrate his one-year birthday while we were at the parks. And the game plan was to go to the Magic Kingdom on the first day. We went to Animal Kingdom on the second day. Hollywood Studios for a third day. On day four, we had a rest day and all the grandparents left on that day as well. And then uh, just our immediate family spent... One more being the fourth day back in the parks and we opted to go to the Magic Kingdom and finish up the things that we hadn't seen the first time around.
1: So on our first night there, we decided not to go to the park when we got there. Obviously, we had a, a drive from the Atlanta area down to Orlando. And uh, given the age of our kids, you know, we know we've got to stop, get out, everyone's gotta kinda get out, stretch their legs, that kind of things. It took us, what, a little bit more than what, eight hours maybe to get down there. And once we got down there, you know, we got the car unloaded and we immediately, Letty and I, went to Disney Springs. Letty had already set up um our Disney tickets and had attached them, created profiles for us so that when we went to Disney Springs, we could go to the welcome center, get the new magic bands, have those I don't know that they're new, but they were at least new to us from our last experience. My last experience was when I uh I took uh, the three older boys, um, back before Letty and I met. So this is when I was a single dad. Uh, a buddy of mine brought his then five year old and the two of us took my three. So we had four kids in tote with the, the two of us and we went down back in 2010. So that was the last time. So a lot has changed, magic bands being one of those things. So we went there to, uh, to the welcome center to get everything set up. Uh, we first went and kind of did a reconnaissance where Letty and I did surface parking. Hoofed it, which is really hard for me because you wouldn't know this uh, unless I tell you. So I am volunteering this information. I am disabled. And so uh, we had a scooter that was going to be dropped off at the house the next day. But the first night at Disney Springs, I had to hoof it. From what I saw on my activity rings and my Apple Watch, we walked over two miles, which was a little bit more than I could handle. So I'm going to let Letty tell a little bit more about uh, why she chose to set things up at the the Welcome Center and how that kind of expedited our process the next day when we went to the parks.
0: So the Magic Bands was the main reason we went to the Welcome Center. And you can purchase your Magic Bands ahead of time and go ahead and link them to your account um, online. However, I was being cheap and since I needed 10 of these vans, I didn't want to get the more expensive version which have the characters and they're really fun that you can buy online. I wanted to get just the plain colored ones. And apparently the only place that allows you to purchase those is actually at the parks or at Disney Springs. So I had to go to Disney Springs, purchase the bands, then have them at the uh, customer service area, attach them to our account and get all that set up. We did all of that the night before. <laughs> And unfortunately, it was really late, and so we did not get as much sleep as I had wanted everyone to get uh, prior to our first day in the park. Let's just dive into the parks. But
1: Before we do that, I just want to talk a little bit about an experience that we had or that I had while we were there at Disney Springs. One of the things that was so amazing to me about this trip, and Letty said this um, before we left, was that I did, unfortunately, and I will admit this, I did very little To next to no planning whatsoever, I uh, allowed Letty to do everything, and she later said when we were talking to a friend that she felt that planning a Disney experience for a family this big was kind of her her trial by fire. What did you call it, babe? the The ultimate test, the ultimate mom test. Okay, that's what it was. So anyway, so here we were at Disney Springs. My parents had flown in from North Carolina. Her her folks had flown in. From, uh, from Texas. We're all there. We've driven eight plus hours. The kids have gone swimming, and, and here we are dragging them out at 10 something at night to get these magic bands set up so that we don't have to do it the next day at the park. And as we're out there, my parents were sitting in rocking chairs. Letty's folks were over on the side, and, and I waved everyone together to kind of bring everyone together. It dawned on me that this was it. This was the start. Of our vacation, really, and I just kind of took those moments in and said, "We're here. We've been looking forward to this for so long. Let's just take this in for a moment. We're here." And that's something that that I came away with in this trip that was life changing for me. I used to live in such a way that I waited for those special moments to come along every blue moon, but this trip really changed me as a person. Because I realized, no, I need to create opportunities to have those moments. Anyway, I don't need to get deep and philosophical, but it was, I closed my eyes and I flashed back to how hot it was, but how happy everyone was to be there and to start this incredible experience that Letty had planned for us.
0: Okay. So the first day we went to Magic Kingdom and... While I had read that it would take a while to actually arrive in the Magic Kingdom after you parked, I don't think I was fully prepared for exactly how long it would take, especially considering this was spring break and the parks were probably at one of the busier times of the year. So there was just a lot of people there. And so after you park, you have to walk a ways to get to the transportation area and you have two options of either taking the Ferry boats, or you can take the monorail. And we chose the ferry boat simply because I didn't want to have to worry about collapsing strollers and trying to fit scooters onto the monorail. Um, and we were rolling with two scooters and two strollers for all the people in our group. So we went with the ferry boats. We had to wait a while just to get onto the boat because there were so many people. And the ferry ride itself wasn't that long, or maybe it was. I don't know how long it was, but. I was just happy to be moving. Once you get over to the ferry and you're at the park, you then have to go through security and they check all your bags. And since we had a lot of kids and we were bringing in snacks and diapers and everything else, there was a lot of bags. And, that whole process just took a really long time. So from the time we parked and we were actually into the park itself, I think it was at least an hour, if not longer.
1: One of the things that I want to talk about is the parking experience. Now, being disabled, let, let me give you a little bit of background on on what we're rolling with here. So we're not rolling in a minivan or a uh, an SUV. We used to have a 2009 uh, Chevy Traverse That sat, what, eight people, I think? Anyway, our family has since exceeded that. So we're rolling in a 2016 Mercedes Sprinter. So it's big. It also has uh, has handicap tags, permanent handicap tags on the plates. Now, when you're parking, however, when they directed us to go parking, they told us to move to the right and to follow the blue line, which was really easy to do. But because I did not have a handicap placard... Hanging in my window, I was constantly being stopped because, of course, they couldn't see my handicap plates, which were on the back of the bus. So just an FYI, if you have a handicap placard and you're going to be parking at any of the Disney parks best to throw it up there so that the people see that and you don't have to stop every single time you pass a parking attendant at once i did get a little snarky you know and when i rolled down my window and i uh, the guy said uh where are you trying to go sir and i said i'm trying to go to disability parking and he said he he was kind of snarky with me first he said uh do you need disability parking and i said we've got permanent tags on the back and he looked at me and said how am i supposed to know?" And and I just said, I guess you wouldn't. Well, I did have a handicap placard in, in my glove compartment, and that's when it finally dawned on me, duh, I should hang this up so we won't be stopped. So we did that the rest of the time that we were there, and it certainly expedited our process. So let's talk a little bit about this ferry boat. Now, I believe on day one, the ferry boat was perfect. And the reason why it was perfect is because it almost moves in what feels like slow motion. As you draw closer and closer to Cinderella's castle, the anticipation, the excitement, everything about this Disney experience, especially if you're going to the Magic Kingdom on the first day, just, I mean, it really, really just causes, I I don't know how else to explain it, but internal fireworks to start exploding. And so as we were moving closer and closer on this, very slow ferryboat ride. sometimes I got a little emotional because I flash back to memories of being a kid, with my parents taking me uh, to going as a single dad and and now here I am with with my family of of eight plus grandparents, so we've got a party of twelve. This was really the stuff that dreams are made of, and so I really, really, on the first day, only on the first day, enjoyed the ferry boat ride
0: so now we're in the park and uh, we can start talking about the parks i think of all the four parks i we didn't go to epcot but i imagine from what i was told from my mother and stepdad who did go i think i could say that magic kingdom was definitely the busiest of all the parks not only did it have the most people i felt it also just had a very busy atmosphere People felt like they had places to go and and things to see and everyone was kind of in a hurry. So it definitely just had this bustling atmosphere about it. I really can't think of any other way of saying that. But it was also the most magical, I think, of all the parks that we went to as well. And so there's a very good balance at the Magic Kingdom. I would love to go again when it's not so many people and really get more of the magic and less of the people. But as it was, uh, it was still cool. Main Street was definitely crowded, and we had to wait to have our picture taken in front of the castle itself. But outside of that, it wasn't horrible, although I think that probably the people in the scooters have a different story to tell, and I'll let John talk about that.
1: Being a disabled person at Disney was quite an experience. Now, let me give you a little bit of background of of who I am today. I'm a very slow-moving person. I'm the kind of guy who likes to smell the roses as I'm walking, and I don't mind taking a 30-minute walk down a a 50-foot sidewalk. I I do that on a regular basis. So it's what I do, and I'm the kind of guy who has the mentality of, why rush it? (laughs) We're all going to get there. So here we are at the Magic Kingdom, and... I'm just taking all of this in. It was an incredible experience having the photo pass and being able to get our whole group of 12 together and take photos as soon as we entered the park. But because it was spring break, one of my friends who we, uh, uh, I have to touch on this. She, She is like our Disney guru. Her name is Amber. I've known her since she was in, I think, she was in first grade and I was in fifth grade. So uh, yeah, we've known each other for a while. Anyway, one of the things that she said was you guys had to come during spring break. She said in a couple weeks, spring breaks will be over and it'll return to normal levels. It'll be a lot more fun. And so that was one of the things that came into my mind. I'm a very considerate person and uh, I I really, I don't want to do my own horn, but I'm definitely the most considerate person I know. We'll just, just putting it out there. But anyway, it was hard being at Disney Park, because as I looked around, I was taking in and having my experience, and I wanted to have the most magical experience I could. At the same time, so are all of the hundreds of thousands of people that are there. Nobody, maybe a few, got there for free. But most of the people that are there are there, and that is going to be their family vacation for the year, if not for whoever knows how long. Some may never even return to the parks again. So the fact that you've got stressed out parents that are trying to run and gun their families the entire time to, one, get their value out of uh, the thousands of dollars of their Disney vacation, but to also try to have a magical experience, it's tough. It's really, really tough because nobody cares about your experience. Everybody cares about their own. So here I am as a disabled person riding along in a scooter that tops out at 4.25 miles per hour following in the wake of my wife's triple stroller. And if I left any more than 18 to 24 inch gap between us, People would just try to shoot the gap, and I had bruises on my side from where people cut in front of me and ran into me while I was on my scooter, causing the armrests to hit me in the ribs, and and, and it was really, really frustrating. I, I lost my temper when we were on the third day at uh, Hollywood Studios over this because people don't care, and it's really really inconsiderate, disrespectful, and rude to be so, so involved in yourself that you do those kinds of things. That really, really upset me. So for those of you that are going to hear this, and and maybe you're one of those people and maybe you're not, but if you see a disabled person moving in a scooter, don't try to jump in front of them idea because I got to the point by the third day that if I hit you, I didn't care anymore and I pushed through because I was so sick and tired of people being so inconsiderate and rude to those of us that are disabled and in scooters.
0: Now that we've all been lectured. um, So I think we've talked enough about the uh, negative aspects here about Disney. I will say that despite how many people were there despite how exhausting it was just getting into the park and everything that that involved. It was still very magical. If you compare the Disney parks to really the only other park that I know of that I have have a lot of experience with with Six Flags, there's really no comparison. Disney does such an amazing job with their cast members helping everyone to the maximum extent possible. The cast members were everywhere and every single one of them with the exception of possibly one or two over four days that we saw which is really not bad everyone was so willing to help and nice and kind and even the people who were emptying the trash if you came up and asked them a question they were really pleasant and it would help you to usually it was figure out where you were because you had no clue where you were at the moment or how to get to what you needed to find so It was very magical, and that was one of the things that I was apprehensive about going into the park. As I knew how stressful it was for me, I just thought, I hope when I get there, I'm able to enjoy this experience, and I really was. We're not going to talk about the specific rides. We're going to actually discuss that in our next part two of Disney World, where we'll actually go into each of the rides and kind of briefly talk about um, what we liked, what we didn't like, and who age ranged that would enjoy the rides. Uh, so we just wanted to kind of talk about all the parks in general. Like I've kind of already mentioned that Disney World Magic Kingdom was definitely the most magical. Let's talk about the Animal Kingdom for a little bit. What did you like about that as far as the atmosphere or dislike?
1: Well, the first thing I, I want to say about Animal Kingdom is that I had been once before. Earlier, I referenced my 2010 trip, my friend Aaron and our the four boys that we took with us. Um, and when we went down there, we spent less than half a day at an Animal Kingdom. One of the reasons why we spent so little time there was because initially I went in with kind of a negative expectation in that uh this is just kind of a glorified zoo. And so when we got there we did the safari. We saw some animals, okay, we thought that was cool, but some of the, all of the thrill rides the boys were too young to to get on. And so we spent less than half a day at Animal Kingdom. Before we bailed, actually, actually, I take that back. No, I stand corrected. That was in two thousand eight when I went. In two thousand ten, with my buddy Aaron, we didn't even we didn't even go to Animal Kingdom. So here I am now. Fast forward. So we are nine years uh since my last visit to Animal Kingdom, and I, I'm a different person now. I'm forty years old. I've I've lived a lot of life, and so I, I went in comp- as a completely different person. And going into Animal Kingdom, not knowing really what to expect because I paid so little attention while I was there, I was so blown away when we entered the park. One of the first things we did was bought safari hats to to protect us. I I, I don't have any hair uh, by choice, not by circumstance. I do shave my head, and despite being covered in uh, uh, in sunblock and and reapplying sunblock every couple of hours, it was nice to have a safari hat. But we bought some safari hats, and then right in front of us, they were doing a show with this, it's not a flock, I don't remember what a group of macaws is called, but these macaw parrots were out, and they, I mean, there were at least 20 or 30 of them, and they were just, they were all perched, and so we kind of wandered over to listen to what they were saying, and I don't remember what they were saying, because I was so blown away by the the beautiful colors, the vibrant colors of, of these birds, and then... They started flying over our heads in circles, and it was—I mean, again, I said this before, and, and you'll hear me say this over and over as I say, as as we talk about our Disney experience. It was the stuff dreams are made of. Where else are you going to go? Uh, and and for those of you smart Alex that are out there, eh, hey, hey, I can't hear you, so I don't care. But where else are you going to go where you can walk in? Hear uh, educational information about these birds, and then have them fly over your head. It was incredible, and that was just the beginning. So we went from there to uh, to the wild safari ride. I think I don't remember what it was called. And we we moved around, but the the atmosphere was so neat because they've got it broken down into different continents. So we had Africa, and there was Asia, and. A couple other parts I don't even remember off the top of my head, but from my understanding, Disney is all about authenticity. And so in one way that they preserve the magic, they'll even import soil from other places so that when they plant these trees that are native to that soil, that they're truly giving an authentic experience to those who are, who are coming to the parks. And to know that Disney does that kind of stuff, it's mind-blowing.
0: One of the things that I really noticed and enjoyed the most about the Animal Kingdom was the laid-back atmosphere. There were street performers that would come out and just do shows right in the middle of the road. And I'm pretty sure the other parks have it as well, but I just felt like it was readily accessible in the Animal Kingdom. It's much smaller, so you ended up passing the same areas multiple times, and you got to see different performers, which was really neat. There also seemed to be more hideaway places that you could just go and have a little bit of quiet, whether it's a path that nobody else is on or, you know, you find a table and bench that we found this amazing meal area that is available to everyone. But for some reason, there was nobody else there. And so it was just our family and several tables and chairs and it was covered. And so we were in the shade and we were had an amazing view of the lake and Mount Everest across the way. And so we just enjoyed a really nice dinner and and it felt like we weren't even in a Disney park at the time. We were perhaps in some other park just enjoying a nice casual day and it was really great just to be able to sit and recharge, especially considering how hot it was. And it was extremely hot the whole time we were there. It was supposed to be forecasted to be in the upper 70s, which I was fine with. Like, okay, I know it's Florida, it's going to be hot. And when that week actually came, the temperature just kept rising and rising as to what it was supposed to be. And it ended up being in the 90s every single day that we were in the parks. And so it was extremely hot. I felt bad for the baby, who's one, because he definitely was just sitting in the stroller just trying to not melt since his face was red pretty much the whole time. So, But I, I really enjoyed Animal Kingdom. There was a lot to do, definitely different than it was, I guess, from John's experience of nine years ago. You would for sure spend a whole day there if you wanted to.
1: And we definitely did. Uh, We really, really enjoyed it. And one of the things that I, uh, we closed the park that night. And one of the things that I wanted to, to talk about is a magical experience from each park. And one of those magical experiences for me came when we got to meet Mickey and Minnie that just made everything so incredible. We were uh, we were down where Letty was talking about earlier. We were eating dinner. We had eaten dinner, just overlooking the lake and Mount Everest. And we went up the ramp. And by the time we finally got up there, we turned the corner to where Mickey was. He was in his his uh, wilderness, not wilderness, but his safari gear. He had a helmet on, and and we went in, and we didn't have to wait very long. But when we got in there watching my kids hug Mickey and Minnie and my big kids, my big boys give high fives and fist bumps. And then for my wife and I to be playful in our pictures to where she kissed Mickey and, and I had to react to it and, and Minnie got into it as well. It's something that I'll never forget. And that's something that Disney does for people. And, and one of the things that I wanted to point out that they do for preserving the magic is that if you get an autograph from a, uh, a Disney character, um, they make sure that those that play the characters aren't only the exact height for, for the character, but they also make sure that that person can sign an autograph verified by a handwriting analysis that would look exactly like the character's signature so to preserve the magic if we took oscar like we did and he got mickey's autograph when he was 4 when he returns as a 30 year old and he brings his 4 year old that mickey signature will look exactly the same some people know that some people don't but one of the the many things that disney goes to the greatest lengths to preserve the magic in order to give people such a a wonderful experience. Can you share with us a a magical moment that you have uh, or memory from the animal kingdom?
0: I would have to say for me and having a magical moment was oddly when Rodrigo did not enjoy one of the Rides that we were, or adventures, or whatever you want to call it, It wasn't really a ride. He was, he kept crying. And so I took him out. And on a lot of the rides where you go in, it's a different spot from where you come out. So that was one of the problems of getting lost because you would come out and you think, I knew where I was when I came in, and now I have no clue where I am anymore. So, but I looked up, and since the other people I was with at the time were still in the experience, it was just him and I. And at that point in time, he was wrapped to my body. And I looked up and we were underneath the tree of life, which is in the center of the park. At that point, that was the closest that I had been to it. And I was able to see all these details on the tree itself. Not only that, but there was a little waterfall just off to the side that looked like it was coming down. and It was just such a beautiful, picturesque moment. And I just enjoyed that moment with Rodrigo. And we took some pictures together and he wasn't upset anymore. And he seemed to be enjoying it as well. And unfortunately for the one-year-old, I don't know how many moments he was really able to enjoy. So I like to think that was one of the ones that he was able to enjoy, that we were able to share together. Let's talk about Hollywood Studios, which we've kind of joked could rightly also be renamed into Star Wars Studios because it is becoming mostly Star Wars. That was the day that we had to be at the park on time because we wanted to sign up Oscar and Emery for the Jedi training. So we really tried hard of all the days to get to that park, not only on time, but early before they opened so we could go and sign up. I'm glad that we got there early because I didn't realize the sign up for Jedi training was accessible before you could enter the park. So they have this rope. Usually it's at the beginning of the park, but in Hollywood Studios, it seems like it's about midway. You could go about midway into the park before they kind of stopped you. So you couldn't get it to any of the rides. But you could access this line to sign up for Jedi training. So we had to wait in line. Of course, it was long because apparently all the other parents had the same idea. But that being said, that was the one park that we got to before they opened and we stayed until they actually closed. So that was pretty cool for us just to be able to do that at one of the parks. Every other park, we were there at least an hour after they had opened, even with our best intentions, So we just couldn't get there on time.
1: Hollywood Studios is my favorite. And the reason why it's my favorite is because I always had a dream of becoming some huge Hollywood mogul. We can see that I was, I am a never was, but I always dreamed of working at a studio. And so being in the park that looks so much and, and is replicated after a Hollywood studio, which is why it's called Hollywood Studios, is like a dream come true for me. One of the things that I thought was really cool about that experience is that when we got to the park, we knew that they let people through the the turnstiles and allowed people up to a, a roped area of the park. And so everyone is usually lined up at that rope, getting ready to sprint like they're Usain Bolt to Toy Story Mania because fast passes are hard to come by usually have run out before the the park is open for that day. And you've got people that don't bother with fast passes. And so everyone is just booking it to Toy Story. So in order to get fast passes there, my father and I and our scooters, uh, sometimes flying side by side, sometimes breaking formation and flying single file. Uh, We were pretending, or at least I was pretending, like we were on speeder bikes from uh, Return of the Jedi, topping out at 4.25 miles per hour we went as fast as we could and by the time we got there we were able to get fast passes because people had started using theirs so one of the experiences that i had while there was while we were waiting for everybody else to catch up with us where we had you know strategically split up and had people pulling fast passes or getting kids signed up for other activities, I had time to walk straight in and meet Buzz and Woody, which was super cool. So we got some really good photos of just me with Buzz and Woody. And when I was outside, we ran into one of the toy soldiers. And it was really cool because as this toy soldier went marching by, he happened to notice that my dad was wearing a disabled veteran's hat. And he made it a point to march over to us and while he did not talk, he signed and was extremely animated and made it very clear that he was thanking my father for his uh, 27 years of military service. And it was really cool to watch him kind of motion at my dad to get him up out of his scooter to take a photo. And when he did, he said, you know, let's salute. And so as they saluted, I caught the photo and. The photo that I I took with my phone caught my dad's face in such a way that he was experiencing a lot of emotion. And it was something that I'll never forget. So that's one of my magical experiences from, uh, from Hollywood Studios.
0: Thanks for sharing that. Since you talked about meeting Buzz and Woody, I did want to bring this up when we were talking about the Magic Kingdom, but we can talk about it now. Character meet and greets, not really a ride. But some of them you can't get fast passes for. Initially, before going to Disney World and I was trying to plan what we were doing, I thought, ugh, we are not gonna do character gradings. Those are silly. Who wants to waste their time doing that? And I just didn't really get it. I, I knew there was a lot of excitement about it and I just felt like, eh, I can live without that. However, when I was booking the fast passes for Anna. On her first day, since she was little, and I wasn't sure if she was going to be in the park the whole day because I thought she may go back to the house for a nap. One of the fast passes that I booked for her, simply because it was the only thing available in the time that I needed, was to meet some of the Disney princesses. And when that time came and we were at the park, I thought, well, should we do this? Should we not? I don't really know. In the end, we did end up going over to meet the princesses at the very last moment that we could for our fast pass because it was the last minute decision to go over there. And we waited in the line. It was kind of short, but I felt like it was a long time because I just thought, oh, we're wasting time standing here, you know, to meet these princesses and it's going to be totally lame. And it was exactly the opposite of totally lame. So they bring you into a room and it was pretty much just us, the two princesses that were there and the photographers and the first princess is Cinderella and the second princess was princess Elena and if you don't know who Elena is she is on Disney Junior right now she's one of the newer princesses and she just has a cartoon so turn on Disney Junior for about 30 minutes and I guarantee you'll see at least one or two commercials on her show I don't know who she is so the family that was in front of us was over with princess Elena but the first princess was Cinderella and she came right over to us she grabbed Anna by the hand, led her back over to the central area and just talked to her. and it was so sweet, and what I thought was going to be totally lame, I am getting teary-eyed and emotional because here I am meeting Cinderella, who, after she had a moment with Anna, the whole family got involved, and she was excited to see Rodrigo, and that was everyone that was with us at the time, just the two littlest ones, and John and I. And so we took pictures with her. And she was so sweet to Anna. She even took off her little hat. She asked if it was okay if she took off her hat and took off her hat so you could see her face in the pictures. And then once we were done with her and you didn't feel rushed or anything, it was just like that was your moment to be with them. And it was so neat. And then we just walked over to the other side of the room where Princess Elena was. And it was the same type of experience where she, of course, engaged Anna first and and then she talked to Rodrigo, and then she had a few moments with John and I, and we all took family pictures, and then we left the room, and the next family came in, and it was just, it was so neat. It really was, and so after that, we made it a point to go to as many character greetings as we could, and not all of them were as intimate as that, and some of them had a lot longer lines than others, but every single one was was pretty amazing.
1: One of the character meet and greets that I want to talk about is uh, having the opportunity to meet Belle from Beauty and the Beast. That was so cool. It was a show, sort of like a show. It was an interactive show. And so it was kind of cool. But when we finally got to meet Belle, the girl playing Belle was so on point. Her demeanor, the way she held her body, the way she spoke, the way she batted her eyes was so perfect. I looked for anything to criticize. break character for even a split second and she never did and that really set the tone for the character meet and greets for the the rest of our time there but i was really really moved when she said to me as i was holding rodrigo hi prince rodrigo are you accompanied by your royal escort today and when she said that i realized I would have a much better time with my kids if I acted more like their royal escort than one of these angry parents. (laughs) We'll just leave it at that. So that was another magical experience of mine. One of the things that I I would like to touch on is my meltdown (laughs) at Hollywood Studios. Let me give give you a little bit of background as to why. You already know that I went to film school. You already know I dreamed to work at a Hollywood studio, and so here I am at Hollywood Studios, Disney theme park, and I'm seeing things like stormtroopers march down the street. I'm I'm seeing stormtroopers patrolling areas. I mean, this is stuff that really would come out of my dream. And so it was really important for me that I be the best host that I could be. Now, this isn't something that I communicated with everyone, but I wanted everyone to know why it was my favorite. And so I did everything I could to pull fast passes, to do everything. I ran myself ragged all day trying to create opportunities. For people to have memories associated with that park like I did. And I don't think it was maybe 10.30 and I had my meltdown. I got crossed up again hitting another person. And I just stopped and just started going off. Letty, as amazing as she is, said, obviously you need some time. We've got to stay on schedule. We got to keep moving. And I went off on my scooter on my own. Yet it turned into another magical experience for me because after I kind of found a shaded area for me to kind of cool my heels and and get over being treated so poorly by others, my dad came over and he pulled his scooter next to me and he asked me what was going on and I just vented and boy did I vent. I vented. I was dropping F-bombs. I was just really letting it out. But at the same time, trying to be considerate. I mean, we were well off the beaten path, but trying to be considerate as to not ruin anyone else's good time. And my father didn't get upset. He didn't tell me to lower my voice. He didn't tell me to calm down. He just listened. And he validated everything that I said. Because everything that I was so frustrated with, he was also experiencing. And it it didn't even occur to me that, that, that that was going on. So after my meltdown, I still was able to have a pretty magical experience with my dad while there at Hollywood Studios. So again, Disney comes through with uh, creating magical experiences for me.
0: Before I forget, I did want to take a few moments and briefly talk about Fast Passes and the Magic Bands for people who may not be completely familiar with it. The Magic Band acts as your ticket into the park. So once they're linked to your account, you can use it to access the park. If you do decide to purchase Memory Maker, that's also linked to your magic band. So the photographer takes a picture, they scan your magic band, and then it all goes to the same account. And when that really gets cool is when you're not with your group because you think, oh, we're going to stay as a group, and ours being as large as it was, I knew we were not. And so one of the really fun things when we got done visiting all the parks was looking at all the pictures because I didn't see or go and do all the things that the older boys went and did or that my in-laws went and saw. And so we told everybody before we started the trip that they needed to take as many pictures as they could since we were getting the photo pass and anytime they saw a photographer to stop and have their picture taken. And so everybody did. And we ended up with a lot of great pictures, seeing what everyone was able to do throughout the day. And that's all linked with your magic band.
1: What I want to say about the photos is is how awesome it was for me to kind of turn it into a game. Knowing that I would be able to have pictures taken, uh, have my magic band scanned, and then later go back and look. Um, whenever I uh, I took a crying or screaming kid on a ride on the scooter, I made it a game to locate as many photographers around the park as I could to pose with my different children around the park. I think we came home with over a thousand photos. But we've edited down to 600 good ones. (laughs) And so I still haven't gone through all of them. But every now and again, I get to look at one or two of them. and, And it reminds me of those times that I was able to steal away or even by myself a couple of times at the Magic Kingdom when I was off on a bathroom break or something like that. One particular time, I actually made it a point to drive my scooter around the different angles of Cinderella's castle and to hit as many of the photographers as possible. So that's a little game that made it fun for me. So uh, if you get the photo pass, let us know how you do.
0: So going back to the Magic Band, all of those things are linked with your Magic Band. The other big reason I wanted to get them was. With as many children as we had, I didn't want to have to worry about carrying their tickets or if they weren't with me at the moment we were going into the park or when they were using their fast passes, which are also linked with their magic band, I would not have to be there for any of that. So it was extremely nice. I was glad that we did the magic bands. I don't know how we would have really gone without the magic bands. It was definitely worth it. And just a quick note on fast passes, you can look it up and get more information on it there's all kinds of tips and suggestions as far as which rides you should use for your fast passes and what time frames and when during the day but you do have the opportunity of booking your fast passes if you stay on the Disney property 60 days in advance and if you are not on a Disney property it's 30 days in advance and i would suggest doing that as soon as possible because the good rides do book out that far in advance and it's kind of crazy but that's how it works
1: One of the things I would like to mention about the Magic Bands is an experience that we had while on It's a Small World. As we were leaving the ride, I looked up and saw an LED panel screen that said goodbye, John and Leticia. And (laughs) I just started to laugh because I thought, Disney, you did it again. And so I started to try to figure out how they got our names up there. Now, one of the things that we started talking about was the fact that we didn't actually scan our magic bands when we came on It's a Small World because they brought us through a different entrance, a disability entrance. So our bands weren't actually scanned. So I was trying to figure out what had gotten our names up there. And it didn't take long before I realized that inside the magic band was an NFC chip, near field communication. So somewhere nearby was a receiver that knew Letty and I were not only together. But that we came together so it had our names up there. Because later, I looked back and from the angle that I could see, I noticed that it wouldn't always have the people's names. And I would look back and see people sitting. And you can always tell the people that are sitting together and the people that aren't simply by how close they're sitting to the other person. And so I could see... A couple people here and then a, a gap and then a few other people there. And I saw the names spread out and I thought, wow, how amazing is that? Then later on that night as I was laying in bed kind of reviewing the day, I started tugging on that string and the whole tapestry of Disney started to kind of come apart. And, and, and I simply mean it by this. By that NFC band and the profile that we have with them now, they know everywhere we go in the park. Sure, they're not necessarily tracking us because it doesn't have a GPS chip, but with so many NFC receivers all over the park, they know where we're going. They know what rides we're going on. They know our faces because we're scanning our magic bands. And while some people might think, oh, I don't like that, that's an invasion of my privacy, get used to it because Disney is one of the biggest data collection points in the world. So think of all of that information that is being collected. But one of the other things is when we're booking our fast passes. again, all of those things are going under certain profiles. So we are telling Disney the way we want to experience our magic. And here's the amazing thing about this. Again, some people will have privacy issues, but I see it like this. Disney simply wants to cater to what we love as individuals and as our family. And what better way... Than to allow us to create our experience, which is one of the reasons why they say experience the magic your way. So I think that it's interesting because it won't surprise me if in the near future they'll have some type of demo at Epcot called the Hall of You. And all you have to do is wear your magic band and you walk in and you, you see screens pop up everything and you hear, hello, John, how are you? Your favorite sports scores start coming up. Things that you're interested in buying start advertising directly to you. We're only on just the edge of this technology. And yet I told Letty, don't be surprised if as, as the years go on, we become more and more of a Disney family. And think about this. Imagine being on a ride 10 years from now. And as we're going on, the NFC bands, our chips, pick up the fact that we're there. And when we look up, we not only see our names, but we see pictures of this trip. How emotional will that be? That's the kind of stuff that Disney wants to do for us if we allow them to have a little bit of information. So I think it's pretty cool.
0: One of the other really cool things, if you do have the Photo Pass and the Magic Bands, is Some of the rides, usually the thrill rides, will have not only pictures that they take, but little video clips as well. It's really cool when you go into the app afterwards and watch the videos from some of these rides because they'll actually have a little video. It's almost like you're in a movie and they'll have a little video introducing the ride and kind of a few things about it. I mean, it's just like a commercial. And then in the middle of it is your picture or a video clip of you on the ride. And so that's really cool. And all that is done um, with the magic bands and the photo pass.
1: One of the other things that I also want to talk about is the level of customer service that Disney gives to those of us that attend the parks. When we went there on Sunday to the Magic Kingdom, I guess park levels were not as high as they were on Thursday when we went. And so, having a scooter, I was often led to a separate entrance visibility entrance. Sometimes they even allowed me to ride the scooter straight up to the ride. I would step off. They would park my scooter a couple of times. They took my scooter or had me park it. And as soon as I got to an area, they'd pop me in a wheelchair and wheel me to the ride. So it was absolutely incredible. But when we went back on Thursday... Well, the park was a lot busier. Uh, Not only was it a lot busier, but the level of service that we had on Sunday was not the same. And because the park had so many more people, Disney seemed to at least be kind of at capacity when it came to staffing. So when we went on the first ride, the first one was Aladdin's Magic Carpets. I went over and I said, hey, where's the scooter parking? And they directed me to an area. And so I just went over there and I'm like, okay, that's not very close. So I just kind of hoofed it to where I needed to be, and I limped. Being in the scooter, my body tightens up when I sit for a long time, so that's something else I had to deal with. So uh, I got up, and I would be super stiff, and so I'm I'm kind of limping to the ride, and and that kind of did me in because I certainly wasn't expecting that. Well, when we went to Pirates of the Caribbean, I started wheeling my scooter straight into the line queue, and I was stopped by a Disney employee, and she said, I'm sorry, you can't take your scooter down here. and. I couldn't understand why. The line queue was was plenty wide enough. So I questioned why. And she said, well, because there are a lot of people here today. I need you to park your scooter and I need you to get in a wheelchair. And I said, okay, but there's nobody there. A few days ago when we were here, you guys had people that were hanging out that would wheel us, but today there aren't. And I have to go a long way. So can I not stay in the scooter? She said, I'm sorry, sir, you can't stay in the scooter. And I almost lost it. (laughs) I was so frustrated. She said, I had to walk from that point on. And I said, well, okay. And I started to go and she stopped me and said, sir, if you'll stay here because I cannot leave my post, I will wheel you to where you need to go myself. And I said, no, it's fine. I'm just extremely frustrated. And she said, sir, I can see that you're frustrated and I want to help. I simply cannot leave my post at this time. However, I will get someone to wheel you from here to where you need to go, or I'll do it for myself. I just need you to wait a few moments so that I can get someone here to cover my post. And when she said that, I was just hit with a ton of emotion because I'd experienced a lot of frustration the day before. I had my meltdown at Hollywood Studios. And... The fact that this person was so ready and so committed to my experience moved me. I didn't need her to do anything. I felt like I had put her out enough, and so I was just going to limp the rest of the way. Well, that was not the best idea. I should have waited because it was a long walk from there. But the fact that she was so committed to me having a positive experience really moved me. Now, something that I noticed throughout our Disney vacation was that this was a common thing that I saw. And it really broke my heart the handful of times where I saw Disney employees bending over backwards and taking extreme verbal abuse from angry angry parents and they were committed they didn't storm away they didn't say stop talking to me like that they would say things like i can see you're very upset what can i do to help and these people would simply continue cussing them out and it was incredible so a couple of times yeah i wanted to reach out and smack those people but you know i don't do that kind of stuff anyway disney does so much to preserve the magic
0: I did want to touch on Epcot for just a moment. We did not go to that park ourselves, John and I, but uh, my mother and stepdad did go. They had a little bit of extra time before they departed and were able to go over there for just a few hours. They said it was beautiful. There's definitely not as many rides at that park, but it's still worth going to see. The only reason we opted to not go as a family was because Magic Kingdom being so large and having most of the rides, we decided to spend a second day there rather than going to Epcot. So. Can't speak a whole lot on it, although I did hear it was fun to go. Definitely more fun if you're an adult versus having smaller children. Oh, and I totally forgot to mention, I did want to throw this in there about the littles. Initially, I had planned on Rodrigo and Anna taking a nap. So leaving the park, going back to the house, giving them a good nap, and then returning again for the evening activities at the park. However, after the first day, I just realized that was not in the cards for us especially with the ordeal of just getting to the Magic Kingdom. I wasn't about to go and come back multiple times with the little ones. As time-consuming as it was, had the parks been less busy, I think it would have been more feasible and probably a good idea because they were very exhausted. The first day, the little ones ended up coming back. Earlier, the older ones stayed with John and my mom and her husband and closed out the park. I brought home the little ones and John's parents, so my in-laws, And uh, they all went to bed, but everyone was extremely cranky. And then the other days that we were at the parks, we just kept everyone there pretty much the whole time. They napped in the strollers, but I will say it was very difficult for them. If you have the opportunity to do one day at the park and then take a day off, I would highly suggest it because after the first day, I was exhausted. I know the kids were exhausted and to push through to do three days in a row was very taxing physically and eventually uh, kind of emotionally as well. Logistically speaking, we planned on packing snacks and bringing them into the park because you are allowed to bring in pretty much whatever you want in the park. There are no restrictions on bringing in food or liquids. So we just had everyone pack snacks and that got most everybody through the morning time and lunchtime and then we just bought dinners there. Whoever was with whoever just kind of bought whatever food they needed. And I just seemed to never find time to sit down and eat. And so I ended up just eating leftovers that were brought to me as I would meet up with different people. Because so it is time consuming, especially if the park is busy, you're waiting in line now for food as well as everything else. And so it's taking the time to do that versus waiting in line to see a show or something else that you may want to. So. We had to make some some decisions there, but it all worked out in the end.
1: Because Letty just brought up waiting, that's something that I, I thought I would address just for a moment. When you are planning a Disney World trip, it is probably best to go in with the mindset that you are going to be doing more waiting than you have in your entire life. If you go in with that mindset, I promise you, you'll enjoy it because the waiting There's a lot of it. So (laughs) buckle in. You're going to be there for a while. Find ways to enjoy the waiting. Sure, you can have your mobile device. They also have Wi-Fi throughout the parks. Something that we did learn. So if you have uh, children that uh, are tablet friendly, those can certainly help you while you're there. But for me, I was doing my best to only pull out my phone to take pictures. That was the only thing I wanted to do and I wanted to cut off everything else. So again, find creative things to do while you're waiting because if you th- really want to boil it down, when you really kind of break apart and do the, the uh, analytics on uh, your time at Disney, you will spend more time waiting than you probably will sleeping. So just putting that
0: out there. One other thing I did want to mention as well, as far as the littles are concerned, was the stroller situation. For whatever reason, I was under the impression that the stroller was going to be with me most of the time at the park because we were bringing them. But the reality of the situation is you bring the strollers into the park and it's great for getting everyone there and walking from one side of the park to the other. But almost every single attraction does not allow strollers even in the line waiting for that attraction. So there's designated stroller parking at all the parks, except the Animal Kingdom, oddly. But there's certain places and they're even. When we were there, there were so many strollers that some of the Disney cast members, their job was to basically be kind of like stroller parking attendants. And they would sometimes park your stroller, but more often than not, they were just in there kind of rearranging the strollers as people would come and go and there would be gaps. So many strollers. And so it's, the stroller kind of ended up being the central location for the area of the park we were in at the time. So we would wheel the stroller over park it in a spot and kind of have that be our home base for those few rides that would be in that area and then we would kind of relocate but i say that in that with the little ones they were not in the stroller as much as i hope they would be especially with rodrigo thankfully i brought a baby carrier because he was strapped to me most of the time so when you're waiting in line you have to be prepared with the water and the snacks and the sunblock and holding the baby so bring reinforcements i don't think we could have done disney without the grandparents being there for 3 of the days so so grateful to them if you're listening thank you so so much for coming with us again we we could not have done it without you being there to help and assist and be the uh, extra hands and ears and eyes of the operation so we really appreciate it also i did want to mention that height does matter when it comes to the little ones oscar was able to ride almost everything except for some of the bigger thrill rides. But Anna, maybe because she's a girl, she's actually almost four inches shorter than Oscar. And she was not able to ride several rides that Oscar was able to. So even with the little ones, there was some height discrepancy. Although it was really cool, especially in the Magic Kingdom, several of the rides had no height requirement. And when I say that, with Rodrigo strapped to me in the baby carrier, they did not care. There was no requirement to have him sitting in my lap. Or you know, not attached to me, you could just walk onto them with pretty much anyone or anybody. So that was really nice uh, for the babies, at least. The
1: last thing I want to share is one of the ways this Disney experience was life-changing for me, and that's with the scooter. Just to kind of give you a very, very brief medical background for me, I was once confined to a wheelchair, and it looked like I was probably going to die in a wheelchair. By a simple twist of fate, my luck changed. I ended up not just, well, let's just say I'm doing better. And so I walk around the house. Some days I'm slow, some days I'm fast. Some hours I'm slow, some hours I'm fast. Uh, So it really does vary. So when planning this trip, Letty said to me, you are going to be in a scooter. And I thought to myself, no way. There's absolutely no way I am going to sit in a scooter at some huge, busy theme park. I was absolutely uh, vehemently opposed to the idea, but I didn't see any. Figured I, I'd pick my battles. Even when we got down there on the first night, I was convinced that I was going to do the walking that was necessary and the uh, a little over two miles that that did me in at Disney Springs the the first night that we got there just walking uh, to the welcome center was enough to humble me. So on Sunday morning when our scooters arrived, I was giddily riding around <laughs> like a uh, new wizard on a on a broomstick, and I was thinking to myself, okay, maybe maybe I can do this. And I ended up using the scooter the whole time. Not only that, but when I was there, I realized how far everyone was walking when David came up to me and said, Dad, we've walked 9.6 miles today. And I thought, wow, that's 9.6 miles of wear and tear not on my body. Maybe that's why I'm enjoying this so much. Last summer, we uh, we took a trip where we took the bigs to Six Flags. And I went on as many rides as I could with them, but I hoofed it as best I could. And boy, did I pay for it for about a week and a half after. There was about a three-day period where I couldn't even get out of bed because I, I couldn't put any weight on my legs. And so the scooter made my experience. So for those of you that have people in your party that may be disabled or may even be slow, rent a scooter because taking that stress off of somebody's body really will allow more opportunities for those magical moments and experiences to happen.
0: I should probably also mention we rented a house in order to have enough room for everyone off of Disney property. So we were not staying on Disney property. We did have to drive in every day. The drive was not bad. It was probably only about 10 minutes and the parking went pretty smoothly as well. So the only downside I would really say to driving was once you actually got to the park, if you stayed on property, it seemed like they had a separate area for when they got bussed in or shuttled in or however they got from their lodge to the parks where they went through security. And that line was much shorter than ours was just like for the masses. So that was the only real downside I saw to not staying on the property. I can't speak to how long it takes to get on those shuttles or how crowded they were, but... It was not horrible driving in, and I was really pleased with the size of our house. I won't go into any more details, but it did have a pool, and that was nice, and the kids really enjoyed that for the time that we spent at the house and not in the park itself. I guess that just about wraps it up. We've been talking for a long time now about this. (laughs) But overall, it was an enjoyable experience You know, as time moves on, as with most you know, memories or life experiences, you tend to forget the negative and remember the positive happy times. So I think this definitely falls into that category. It was worth it. Hope to go again in the future. And I feel like I could talk about it forever, but until you go and you see how it is and you see what works for you and your family, it's hard to really, you know, say that, oh, you should do this or you should try that. Every family is going to be different and everybody's needs are going to be different. It's one of those places you could go and, we were there for four days. I feel like you could probably go there for 10 days and still maybe not see everything that all the parks have to offer. There's just so much going on. It's just fun. It really is. Although I will say, do not go during spring break or any time that it will be extremely busy. I believe and hopefully I will experience it for myself to one day go when the park is not busy and then, and then it will be uh, much more positive experiences than the negative ones.
1: Thanks for sharing that, Leti. I just wanted to say in closing that I tried my best during this vacation to embrace even the negative because even when I had a meltdown, when, when I had things that didn't go according to expectation, those negative experiences allowed me to appreciate the positive so much more. So yes, while those negative experiences, I'm, I'm just going to say they, they suck. We know they suck. But they allow us to, I believe, experience an even greater amount of joy when we have these moments. And so embrace the negative, take it all and go to Disney World. That's what I say. So unless Letty has anything else to say do you, sweetheart,
0: I wanted to share one last magic moment that I had. And this is actually the first magic moment that I had. The first ride that we were able to ride was The Little Mermaid. And it was also one of the last rides I was able to ride on our very last day, which I'll kind of talk about. But after waiting, all the stress of planning, driving, being in the car for eight hours with six kids, getting to the house, all the effort that we had to get into, making sure everything was set to go the night before, at the park, realizing how busy it was, being in the ferry boat, finally getting to the park, not knowing where to go. People are confused about their fast passes. Finally, getting to the first ride, me, John, Anna, and Rodrigo are together at that point. And we go to The Little Mermaid. And I'm sitting down and we start on this journey of The Little Mermaid. At that moment, it was so amazing. It was so magical. It totally made everything up to that point. And I just thought, this is worth it. You know, we're here. We're doing it. You know, this makes up for everything else that I had to go through in getting the family here to where we are, and so for me that ride was even even more special because it it was the first and it was just so it's a fun ride and I'll talk about that more later on the next episode but it was fun the very last day when we were at Magic Kingdom Anna took a pretty decent nap during the day so when the fireworks came at nine o'clock at that point the two little boys were out they were asleep in the stroller Anna was just waking up because she had taken a really long nap which she really needed. And so I let John take the stroller with all the boys, the older boys riding rides, and they would take turns watching the stroller as little ones sleep And for the rest of the evening. Because at that point, the park was getting emptier and emptier because people are going home after the fireworks, and I knew that they would. And so I took Anna, and we went to at least six rides, just boom, 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 boom. They were all for her. And it was so special to me that those two hours that I had with her to just carry her and We're kind of jogging from ride to ride just to get to them faster. I mean, there were no lines really anywhere. We went to all these little rides, you know, the teacups and the carousel, all the things I knew that the bigger boys didn't want to ride. And we didn't do them before because I didn't feel like, is it worth waiting an hour in this line to ride Dumbo? No, to me it wasn't. But could I wait three minutes in this line to ride Dumbo at 930 at night? Yes. And Anna loved it. So that to me was really special. And that's how I was able to end my whole Disney experience. It was magical, it was amazing, and a good time was had by
1: all. I'm so glad to hear that you were having such a great experience with Anna. Um, One of the experiences that I ended up having with the boys, it was a forced experience, was uh, after watching the fireworks, we were over at Gaston's Tavern, and we were trying to get back to Space Mountain so that we could close out the night with that being our final ride uh, this was going to wrap up our Disney experience, and so we ended up booking it just through, all through. Uh, I don't even know what it's the, the area where the Hall of Presidents is, and and it's a small world, and those rides. I don't know what that area is called, but I was going off of my sense of direction, which is awful, by the way. And we ended up running into quite a mass of people that were parked watching. The Wishes show, which is a projection onto Cinderella's castle. And so as we were trying to get through the crowd, we got about halfway through the crowd that was right in the center of the castle. When I stopped my scooter and I turned to the boys and said, I think we should just settle in and take this all in because we're not going anywhere anytime soon. And so that forced us to watch Wishes. And so I pulled out my phone and uh, one of the, the few times that I actually pulled out my phone and recorded part of it, and the other night was watching it, and it was just as magical as the time that I was sitting there in my scooter filming it. And so that's uh, that's another thing to be wary of. Disney has a way of forcing <laughs> magical experiences onto you, and and we really, really enjoyed The Wishes show, even though we weren't expecting to.
0: Oh, and I forgot, I did want to talk about briefly, very briefly. Sorry, everybody. We did go back to Disney Springs the day that we were leaving. So we packed up the house. We went to Disney Springs. We thought, oh, let's go shopping and do, because we purposely did not do any shopping at the parks, anticipating doing it afterwards. So we wouldn't have to lug things around or whatever. Disney Springs was so fun. Parking there is free, unlike the other places. However, we opted to valet park simply because we did not have the scooter anymore and I was concerned about John walking far distances from the parking lot to Disney Springs where the actual shops are. And after being there the very first night, I realized how far away the parking was. So we did the valet parking just to prevent John from having to walk. But anyways, the shops are really amazing. I would highly suggest going. Um, The largest Disney store is located there. So everything was there in the Disney store. as tons of other shops and restaurants to eat at. Another really cool store that I enjoyed was, it's called the Co-op and they had some very fun things there to look at as well. So tons of stores there. It was a lot of fun. We ended up spending longer there than we anticipated, and we didn't leave until later in the afternoon, but it was definitely worth it.
1: I think that making Disney Springs a stop on our next vacation is a definite must. I would highly recommend spending the day down there. But We expected to spend, I think, only a couple hours, but uh, we ended up staying, I think, until 5 o'clock and then uh, left and drove until we got home. But Disney Springs was definitely a great way to close out the vacation and to let the boys go through the the different stores, like the Star Wars uh, Outpost, where they were able to build their own uh, custom lightsabers. That's something that they really enjoyed.
0: Well, thanks everyone for listening and hanging in there on this extremely long episode. Probably will be our longest ever Subscribe if you haven't and look for the next episode, which we will dive into the individual rides and review those.
1: Thanks for joining us again on another episode of Popcorn and Pickles. We'll see you next time.
0: Something is really different on the growler.